First of all, the Techno Beat podcast and Dooftube would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, as we are honored to have the opportunity to record this episode from Bunwarong country for you today. We acknowledge the traditional countries of the Jar Jar Warong and the Wadawarong peoples. We pay respect to their ancestors, elders past and present, along with today's descendants that carry on the living culture and ensure its survival for future generations. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about ball. When I go through normal stuff, it makes me realize that I'm just a mere mortal. But I'm really fucking good at basketball. But what I miss is basketball, the banter is huge. Ah, buongiorno, beautiful bees, and thanks for checking in for part two of our awesome Talking Ball podcast with NBL and NBL1 slash Seabull veterans, Cam Rigby and Mick Hill. Here we are in this one. We're going to pick it up with the boys talking about what it's like playing ISO basketball, what the team game's all about, a little bit of NBA in there as well. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can watch some of these awesome clips on DoofTube on our YouTube channel. Obrigados. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so streetball, uh, so NBA. The, the, inf- the influence of highlights and, yep. and the fact that kids these days, att- all of our attention spans are very short. Mm. So only the, the, the crossover, the step back, like it doesn't matter if the shot went in as long as he made some guy fall over. Yeah, those highlight reels. It, yeah. But it's it's focusing on all the wrong details. Mm. Um, and you know, like James Harden's super talented, mm. but I wish if if he committed to playing high quality basketball all the time, yeah, he'd be phenomenal. And if if he gave effort on both ends of the floor, yeah. yeah. But we're, we're from, all from a basketball purist point of view, to watch him come down and try and shake a guy and then jack a three is the most boring basketball. It's ugly. It's a, watching Houston is just yeah. ugly. Watching yeah. Jordan, Reggie Miller, Rip Hamilton in the two thousands work screens and come off picks yeah. get and get the shots system. because they work their ass off in the. Pl- that's great basketball because it's there's science to it. Yeah, it's not just pure talent. They're thinking about the game. I always liked it. it was it was it was full bodied chess to me. It was always yeah. the the ability to put us in our strongest positions and make you in your worst position, mm-hmm. and and the the, the, well, the physical and mental combination of the sport was always fucking fun for me. Okay, so to expand on that, um, what are some of the best systems you've played in then, or, or what are some of your favourite offences? I'd loved playing in the triangle, like the two years we had it in Canberra. And I've, I've, I've seen it a little bit. And, bits and it took a season and a half to get it right. Absolutely. Just know all the options. Um, we, we, we had a couple of set plays, but like everyone that watched um, Last Dance, yeah. they talk about the triangle and the system. Mm. Like we, we didn't so have... 32 or 33 options out of the triangle. Out of every pass, there was another dozen. Yeah. But we, we very rarely called a set. We had rules. Yeah. So every time down, we didn't have to stop and throw a signal. If it went here, everything was if then. Mm-hmm. It was if, all right. If that happens, then that. If that happens, then that. It's unguardable. There's two or three cameras to everything, and it just flowed. And that 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 high IQ part of it really appealed to me. I love doing that. Yeah, it shows. I think that shows the value of those programs um, and and teams with like revolving door imports, or even how the NBA is now with um, the you know changing teams every two years. The teams. Like look at Bendigo and Ballarat, for example, at the the local level, because you have those longevity of the bench players that know the system. When the new guys come in, they can easily fit into it. Yeah. But when you're changing six or seven guys and they've got yeah. to learn a new system every time, it just takes away that. Yeah. Bit, and it happens when you fire a coach too. Like like you said, the the, the 
the merry-go-round of players in the NBA yes. or in, in any league. Mm. Um, NBL's seen a lot of it recently where imports here for a year or two, any, anything that changes rapidly, mm. um, you, you lose that continuity. But if you've got a core system together for at least two, three years, yeah. and then sprinkle a bit of extra talent into it that buys in, yeah. and we, 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 there you go. Yeah, we, I, we're talking um, personality traits earlier of what players are, yeah. are good at and guys you want to play with. If you sprinkle in a bit of talent with a committed buy-in group, we look at Hawthorne in the AFL. Yep, Clarkson's been there since '05. They've got a fire. Uh, Richmond got a fire. Damien Hard Hardwick mm-hmm. after a couple of bad years. They just they hung on for an extra couple of years yeah. and bang. Collingwood's in the same boat. They're on the. You no, know, they haven't won a yeah. premiership, but they've been on the brink and made yeah. a couple of grand finals. And thank you. You're finally giving me some hope for Brett Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that that is an interesting collection of talent and egos, mm, um, isn't it? In a, in a sports crazy town that that has suffered, like ju- they're just on the brink of cracking it at, at yeah. the whole process. And for someone who, you know, that's the thing is, they st- you stay loyal to someone who bought into your process and yeah. and has a shit house coaching record because of it. Yeah. But then, what? All of a sudden, you're on the precipice. You're going to get rid of him for yeah. someone who's, yeah, like what they did with um with the GM. So it's uh. You know, how, how do you think Trent feels when his fav- first favourite basketball team was the 94 Giants with Brett Brown and D-Mac and his favourite NBA team's Philly and then it's coming full circle and then Ben Simmons goes there and he seems to be the a Melbourne kid. I should love it. Yeah. But then he seems like it's going to be the one that's going to fuck it up. I know. It's, it's I, but, big, big egos and big skill sets might not mesh. Mm. But but who knows? I think, uh, I think Ben Simmons with his three, this is just my theory, and, uh, but... I think because he's under that LeBron tutelage and the long-term career stats and how they look at field goal percentage and all that sort of thing is like, like why, why waste these shots now? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it might be something to that. Yeah, yeah. And again, but, if it's not helping the team now, it's like you know yeah, working man, out other people's streets. You, you, you but Ben Simmons, right? But, but right. then when he's like Jason Kidd couldn't shoot, one, but then he ends up being what is he? He's a great time, knockdown shooter. Fifth all time in threes made. Yeah. But when he started in the league, they called him Mason Kidd because yeah. he had no Jack. Yeah. So like that's probably I don't know. Maybe just a, a weird example, but um, I think some people forget about those those guys early in their careers. Sometimes when they're in this immediate media cycle, yeah. There you go. There's my Con- the, the concentration span. It's interesting to see if if Embiid taken up a low block can coexist with Ben Simmons, who's a freight train in transition. Mm. Can those two styles coexist? Yeah. Yeah. Both super talented, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, quick word association. Um, on some just real random names that some people might know, some people might not. Uh, John Starks, Mikkel. Love him. Passion. Uh, uh, all, one of the all-time great two guards out of the Knicks. The dunk. Yeah. Responsible for one of the greatest dunks in all time. Uh, somewhere around there. 93, 94. BJ Armstrong gets pushed over by Patrick Ewing on the wing. He comes down and everyone says he dunks on Jordan. He did not dunk on Jordan. He dunked on <laughs> Horace Grant. Jordan was, he was about uh, three metres away and had to jump somewhere in the Correct. picture of the screen. He was in the back of a post. Yeah. Darnell me. I hated playing against him. Bringing the ball up against him was an, I, I shit my pants. The guy was six foot seven or eight, long arms, strong and really good. Long, athletic, high IQ and just point guard. Super loved confidence. Love playing. Yeah, I would have too. Hated playing against him. Yeah. Warren Randall opposite end of the arm spectrum Uh, yeah opposite end of the arm (laughs) spectrum Uh, tenacious um, was was more than the son of the assistant coach that people gave him shit about 
Mm. Real hard worker. Correct. Uh, David Fisdale. One of the best coaches, um, skill and philosophically, that I've ever had. Was lucky enough for him to be a great assistant um, in San Diego and still uh, a guy that I chat with periodically and is a superstar. Fantastic. Um, who's the funnest teammate you've had? Living with Copes, obviously, would have been good. Oh, for me, it's Copes. Easily. Get fucked. <laughs> um, oh, funnest! Oh, we we had some times like that's a given. Um, well, when I say it's copes, I'm present company excluded, of course. Um, we had a lot of fun. And what about Rich? Oh, we had, geez, we had a ball. We, we had a ball. If you, yeah, jeez. You put a compilation together. There's some sort of montage together in, oh. out, of, out of control once we turn the cameras and mics off we'll, we'll have two or three more beers and we'll get to the the beyond PG rated version of the podcast yeah. that won't be broadcast but oh there's a collection that, that's the biggest thing that I miss is times with mates yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean that is probably one of the everyone loves the competition of sport but it is the bus trips and it's the, I mean it's, it's one thing catching up with mates over beers or whatever on a Saturday night but it's that, that working as a goal the same it's, again you can do it as a bit of business but when it's a team it's just something so special and the basketball size group it's 12 guys on the court you need to know each other's strengths so perfectly it's not like footy where it's 20 blokes and you know the backmen and the forwards don't even really talk to each other or like you know NFL or gridiron or the, the smaller the smaller the size of the team the, the bigger influence that each part has so yeah. when we're only five on a court you're literally responsible for at least 20% of what's going on for me being in an office at a real estate environment yeah very similar from a competitive yeah uh, point of view uh, with basketball that's why I love real estate yeah but what I miss is basketball. The banter is huge. I can't go into the office and start talking shit to us, to 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 our admin lady. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just can't do that. We live off that sort of stuff on a on and off the basketball court. Yeah, you live off that, but you can't do that in a business sense. So I, I miss that. That's well, another thing stuff. that we miss about the game now is just being able to the the friendly trash talk. You could be playing against one of your best mates in even a domestic game or whatever, and you know, to a crap at him, and it's that's the part of the fun it's of it. It's absolutely mandatory. Yeah, it's not could happen. It's like it's I mean, yeah, exactly. If I ever played against Cam, I know what his strengths are and vice versa. Yeah, Make him I knew when he. I'm also going to point out his well, like my, if my our big guy, game, a very similar, like my very, very last game in the NBL is exactly what we're talking about. And Justin Brown. Yeah, my, I mean, my last okay, game in the league was against Brisbane. Yeah. And I knew it was my last game, and I was like, Justin, big, lovely guy, big guy, was never going to guard a guy who wanted, who could shoot threes in the perimeter. So I knocked down, I knocked down a couple, and all I hear is, is number nine, make him do something else. Make him put it on the floor. (laughs) If he has forty by hitting pull up jays and go to the hoop, do it. But he's. What Gonna is, knock down threes all night. What does the scouting report say, you muppet? In the break, we're pumping up a little bit more, Mickey, because you were saying how he was a stretch four before stretch fours existed, and how he's oh, too, he a, too big. Cameras too quick for the big, too big cameras, for the Especially like Siebel level unicorn, absolute unicorn. Even an NBL level, he was somewhat of a unicorn. I mean, 115 kilos and not overweight, like muscle, strong. Yeah. one of the strongest people I've ever seen. Um, could physically uh, uh, match it with anyone down low, including Mark Brakey, but could pop outside, off an on-ball, anyone who could handle the ball off an on-ball, his pop back, bang, three, all night. Mm. 
If he's open, it's probably 70% in. And uh, Cam, what uh, aroused you about Michael's game? Very rarely would you have uh, a, the guy with it built like a 2 3, you know, 6 5, 6 6, long arms, tenacious defensive, like with, with a real like enjoyment of getting up and into people. Um, with, a, with, with a skill set on the offensive end that was super broad. He, anywhere from one to three, he could fit any roster, any system, high IQ, willingness to compete. Like, and a, and a, yeah, a, a, a drive and a, and a, and a willingness to, to do, I mean, we call them little things, but, but they're all things. Yeah. To do a bunch of stuff that might, might or might not end up on a stat sheet. Just a bunch of different reasons to get picked. Do you know what you led Brisbane in uh, in that championship year, uh, statistical, statistically wise? Don't. Free throws. Really? They're apparently free throws per game. So, so according to the interwebs. Uh, according according to the commentary uh, in that grand final, they said you get to the line more than anyone else on the team. Yeah, I was I was never a, a sh- I was never a shooter. Mm. I could hit the open three every now and again, but it wasn't. I never shot it at a great clip. Yep. So I just a, tried to a find other willingness ways to score. for contact. A yeah. will, just a, a genuine willingness, which is lost these days. Everything's fancy and face up and shake. We just get into their chest yep. and go up through their chin. Yep. Yep. All right, well, we've been going for a very long time, and um, there's two main questions that we. Well, there's one question I always finish a podcast with, which, as loyal supporters of the show, I'm sure you are, you know what's coming. Um, but we quickly. Do you want to just. We didn't actually touch on your first game together, or with Canberra. First, the first NBL game. First NBL game. Yep. So, yeah. do you want to quickly just tell us that story? Wait, uh, so, was, well, mine was uh, forgettable. We'll talk about yours. It was <laughs> it was all time. It was all time. Came out one of the I think one of the all time games as a first game rookie. Yeah, at the time it was one of the better debut games in league history. Um, I knocked down a couple of shots, and then I knocked down a couple more. And, What'd you finish with? Uh, ended up with 20 and 15 mm. on debut. Very nice. Yep. Um, which was insane. <laughs> we are talking about it before. Never got anywhere near 15 rebounds again in another 190-odd games yep. of NBL. And the irony of it, Axel Densher was guarding Cam, who uh, is a little bit older than us. Played against him in college. Okay. <laughs> who knows Cam's game. Yep. Just refused to guard Cam on the three. Make him do something else. <laughs> Except I was playing with Cam, so I wasn't saying that out loud. The scouting report was the same Cam since day one. Cam was just... You know, and not not taking anything away from Cam, he had to hit had to hit his shots, and he did. He was on. But the first the first road trip you were telling me about. Oh, that that dr- the drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we joined the Cannons in O one, mm-hmm. um, and we literally did the drive together, September the twelfth, two thousand and one. So from Melbourne to Canberra. Yeah, yeah, correct. So so we we were up packing bags. Uh, and, and Mick sort of caught the end of it. He, he had an early night, but I was literally packing my suitcase, watching Sandra Sully announce the first plane hitting the towers, and then they crossed live to the second one hitting. Mm. We, literally the the day before we drove, and, and it's pretty much all we talked about on the way up the next day was right. you're like, holy shit, like what is going on? We we drove to Canberra thinking World War Three was about to happen, mm. and that was literally the feeling. Yeah. Like this is about to go down. Uh, and the funny thing was, we uh, our imports came out late. Dave Thomas, mm-hmm. who else? Uh, Mickey Dennis, 
first year was Mickey. Yeah. yeah. So and they came out late get... because they shut all flights down in the States. Yeah. So the Americans didn't come out till about two or three weeks before the season started. So you think we're finally going to get a crack at an NBL career and then shit? What's, what's, and what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely bizarre. Yeah. But you know, never forget that, that those two days, that 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the final, second final question, penultimate question. If you could have a team, you two are going to play against each other. You're each captains. I'll write this down. This is the one question I actually did. Captains um, or GMs? I did, I did brief you on. Now, you, 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 you're captains. You're on the floor. All right. And you get to pick the five you're going to run with. So all the other four. Yeah. Um, but they have to be players that you played with throughout your career. Professional or collegiate? Anyway. Under 12s. Okay. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, and uh, also need a, a sixth man. So I want you starting five. I want a sixth man who actually had a career as the sixth man, though. They couldn't, yeah. You can't just go, Magic Johnson's my sixth man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also <laughs> want a glue slash chemistry guy, so at the yeah. end of the bench, towel waver. Um, and then and then maybe even a, the, the, the best for the after parties. <laughs> I'm sitting next to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, that's that's an easy one. That's... So, um, who wants to go first then? Do you want to do, do, do all five first? Or do you want to go by position? Or how, how do you think about it? I, I, I've got a versatile crew. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an asterisk, but he, he was probably first picked. Because I know we talked about it before, but we were lucky enough to play a game with Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, he, you can't not pick him. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm a very guard-heavy roster, and I knew I'd be going up against the 06 Bullets, pretty much. Um, but in in their primes, um, Darnell Me was possibly the best point guard I've ever played with. Yep. Um, the, the two... I'm going to go three guards in no particular position. Um, Anthony Parker, I played with at Bradley. He was an All-American and Candace Parker's older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Think Alan Houston, like big, silky, two-guard, 6'6", yeah, six, yeah. six, real textbook, high IQ, great athlete. Mm. Was an All-American as a junior, but broke his foot our preseason, but ended up going on to play in the NBA for a while. Um, was the best import in Europe, came back, played in the league. Um, so Darnell, AP, um, CJ Bruton, like, dude just knows how to win. Yeah, We talked about it a bunch of times, lucky enough to play with him in camp for a couple of years. High IQ, high skill. And, and just knows how to win. Um, I never saw him in his prime, but we played with an import, George Banks, yep. in oh, Canberra. Yeah. Yep. Um, we caught him on the tail end of his career, but but super talented for a 6'10", bouncy athlete, could put points on the board. I don't know how we'd go guarding your bigs that you're probably going to have. Um, I'd have to fit in somewhere probably at the four, just set picks for all those dudes somewhere. Um, I think I've got enough length to guard your sort of twos and threes. Um, uh, coming off the bench, um, probably it was a tie, so I'll have both of them. Uh, Scott McGregor. Yep, right. And he was part of that great um, Amy's. Is that what they called yeah. Amy's? Amy's yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dwight um, and Traher and McKinnon. Just another sort of enigma. Six, seven, six, eight could play the two, three, handle it when he had to. Yeah. Match up nightmare on a bunch of different spots yeah. when he was going. Yeah. And and one of my favourite all time humans is Brad Williams. <laughs> like we, you, right. we were Beat talking up. we were talking about chemistry guys off the bench. Mm-hmm. 
literally one of the best humans yeah. not only have I ever played with, but I've ever met, like, just a quality human being. Yeah, um, and I probably have... Uh, it was a toss-up. Um, probably I'd have Fizz coaching us. Cool. Um, uh, with with Bruce Palmer, his lead assistant, if I can have an assistant. But it was between those two, but yeah. prob- probably Fizz. But Who's the owner? Oh, oh. It's a community-based organisation. It's like the the uh, the Green Bay Packers. We, we'd have the town uh, own shares in the team. I wouldn't have one owner, one billionaire. Um, we'd struggle, but I reckon it'd be a, a decent group to be part of. Very nice. And uh, all right, Mickey, how are you going to take him down? Uh, it's not hard for me to put this together because um, probably all the best players I played with were almost on one team. So I'm kicking off the point guard position at CJ Bruton, and Cam mentioned that. Uh, lovely guy off the court one of the best people you'll, you'll ever meet mm-hmm. um, and just could take it to another level whenever he wanted to and just knew how to win I mean six championships in the NBL with three different teams yeah. wherever he went he won the two spot oh, I'm torn I, I'm going to go a, a sla- Ebi Arad Stephen Black I have to go I'm, I'm torn between those two Stephen Black was a real Andrew Gaze type player mm-hmm. super unathletic is that below the rim. Super unathletic. Absolutely. Unguardable. He used to shake, like he, he was an unbelievable shooter, but he used to shake the shit out of people where, yeah. I, remember, I remember we went to, I think you were at this game and we played in Wollongong in my first year in Brisbane and he had 40. He was hitting, he was coming off an on ball and hitting step backs. Step on, back on guys. step back. So he'd either hit the step back or go and shoot a floater, but he hit the three, step back, floater, get to the hoop. You do whatever he wanted to. Against yeah. one of the best defenders in the league, Matt Campbell. Yes. But you go, boy. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I'm the captain and I'll slot into the three spot uh, the four spot's an easy one that's Sam McKinnon uh, played one of the best NBL seasons I've ever seen in 06 was the uh, was the grand final MVP was the season MVP uh, for a guy who couldn't shoot shot the three at 50% that year uh, free throws were right up there in the 80s one, 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 one of, of the best Hall of Famer one of Don Valley's finest Oh, is he Don Valley boy? I didn't yeah. realise yeah. that. But he also, his Townsville years get forgotten yeah. very easily as well. Like that, their, their team with, with Rob Rose, Mike Kelly, Magic, Rucker was up there for a bit. Goodwin. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. So Sam was the type of guy that you didn't piss off at training. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you said the last dance and you, you don't piss Jordan off. This was Sam. I would always say, hey, Sammy, you know, like if I'm on the opposition team, I'd just sort of pep him up. Yep. If he got pissed off at training, it didn't matter if he was playing with the four worst players on the squad. Yeah. He would win by 30. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had the ability physically to guard one to the five. Yeah. Um, when he Offensively, he if he just got half a shoulder past you, I mean, I was quick, pretty quick laterally. I could stay with him. But he would just jump straight over the top of you mm. and just lay it. He was an NBA athlete. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you see the Olympic Games, you could see those sort of guys would be able to compete with the Euro, yeah. Euro guys, the NBA guys. And you think of the exposure that we have now, if we had that back then, the guys like him, and I know Dwight got drafted to Charlotte but never went. Like, think about those opportunities that would happen for those guys now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they spoke about it recently. Like, Mitch Creek got that opportunity. Mm. Mitch Creek, great player. Sam's a better player than he was. He's probably twice as good a player. Twice Um, as good a player. And I guess when you've got your face on a loaf of bread and you're in the Call On Me film clip, you are going to... Slam Sam. (laughs) Yeah. Center, easy. Mark Brakey, 
Yep. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming off the bench when I played with him in Brisbane. Yep. He's the big three throws in that game we were looking at earlier. And, and you know what? This is a, uh, the type of player he was. He was a Hall of Famer, came to Brisbane at the end of his career and came off the bench and, and relished the role. He, he literally took the bench guys under his wing during training. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a name for ourselves, and we used to compete against the starters. That's probably what made us a really good team as well. We went after the starters, and we would beat them. Yeah. Not all the time, but we would we'd go after them. So yeah. he's, he's all time. Uh, Dylan Boucher is sixth man, easy, every day of the week. And he started some games in, yeah. in New Zealand, but he was off the bench for us. Um, absolute hustle guy, couldn't shoot. Didn't care if he... He was like a Dennis Rodman type of guy. Yeah. It's probably the, probably the NBA comparison. Rebound, defense, hustle, all the one percenters at every team. And lead that goddamn press. Yeah. Just energy. <laughs> Just more energy. One of the few um, headband on top of the head wearers. Well, he had long hair that year. He yep. got the... Yeah. Just sort of Owen Wilson type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Kiwi. Lovely wow. guy. Yeah. Um, so, hype guy. And I'm going to pick someone. You'll love this. I'm going to and I've spoke about him before, I'm going to pick Ben Harvey because <laughs> when I was at Bendigo, he didn't play many minutes. I think he was injured for a lot of the year. Yep. He's a guy that was, you know, end of his career, wanted just to win. Didn't mm-hmm. care that he wasn't playing minutes. Yeah. He probably deserved a few minutes towards the end of the year and Doggy, Doggy didn't play him a whole lot Yeah. because um, we had our rotation set. But it was the start of his coaching. But, you know, this guy's yeah. on the bus. You know, talk about on the bus. Uh, in the change room, pumping guys up, especially real great mentor for the young guys. Guys like Warren Randall, Taylor Bell, Chris Hogan, those sort of guys. Yeah, and he's been a big influence on my life, like off the court as well. Like through, like we ended up working at the same place um, and him helped me me there. Um, Obviously, I mean, I think, he, I think he even gave me my first job helping doing basketball clinics at the Benio Stadium. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and just even seeing halves, how he... With his family, like, you know, so openly would hug and kiss his dad, like, after games in front of all his mates and stuff. It's like, hang on, it's like... Great family. Like, like, like we're growing up, like, people didn't do that, my, my mates, you know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing that it's like, it's okay, it's cool to do that, like, it, it kind of made me... I feel like Ben Harvey made me a better person. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. He knows that, but yeah. 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 But no, that's a good one. Yeah. Coach is hard. I mean, I had some really good coaches through my career. If I've got to pick one, I'm going to pick Paul Mallett, who was my first. He was a Daniel. He took me from a junior to a senior player. Um, used to, jeez, used to flog the hell out of me. Yep. Out of everyone, but uh, massive influence on my career. Mm-hmm. Probably Aussie, set me up. Aussie college disciple, like super. Yeah. super Rick Patino was his idol. Rick Patino was his idol. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> So he's now up in Sydney now. Doing, he's still coaching juniors up in Sydney. Yep. One of the best coaches I've ever had. Like strategically, the whole lot. Yep. Um, owner, easy. Eddie Groves. When I was in Brisbane. <laughs> yep. uh, it was worth reportedly $350 million on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we played West Sydney. Oh no, sorry. Uh, yeah, West Sydney. Uh, we played down at Aubrey. Yep. So instead of getting a, a flight, a commercial flight, he just flew us down in his private jet. Went back, picked up the other half of the team and flew us down. Really? Did he yeah. sign Cam and the team went under? Uh, he took us to Vegas twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was the new consortium and something. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he took us to Vegas twice. My first season, they, they'd finished last the last two or three years prior to I got there, when I got there. Mm. He, he got Derek Rucker in, Stephen Black, myself. Uh, not that I'm in that echelon, but I've got a few guys <laughs> in. I was yeah. trying to do it, say, say it in that 
manner. Um, we made the semi-finals and lost to the Kings. We had a really, really good year. He was so excited we made the finals, he took us to Vegas. Mm. I was 25 at the time. <laughs> and I remember at the end of the end of the six days in Vegas, I just went, I need to get home. I just, have to get on a plane to get home. It was, just, that's that's the thing we, uh, we stayed at New York, New York. Mm. Um, it was just you no know, girlfriends or wives or anything like that. It was just the boys who went over there. And I had so many ulcers on my tongue from being so <laughs> run down by the six days. It just, yeah. we literally slept from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Would wake up, the pool was closing at 5.30, quick dip, yeah. and straight, straight out. Yeah. Anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my team. Fantastic. I wonder, I'd set the line at, uh, I think, mixed team minus three. Yeah, I was going to say the bullets in six. Yeah. <laughs> I look back and I look at those teams and I'm like, how the hell did I get myself on that team? Like I just landed on my feet. Yeah. We, the Canberra went through under. The, through the hard work, the perseverance and all the things we talked about earlier. And I'm going to tell you, reward. tell you a funny story that no one knows is that Joey thought he was recruiting Brad Williams, who was in Canberra. <laughs> I don't think you even know that. When I got to Brisbane... He thought I was Brad Williams who played at Canberra and actually Brad went over to play in New Zealand. So Jeff Rangoran, who was a GM, Jeff recruited me um, and Joey was in the States and thought he was getting Brad Williams. That's funny. (laughs) That's how I got to Brisbane. I did not know about that. Yeah. That's funny. I haven't even told BW, I don't think. That's awesome. Well, you owe him a few drinks then. A couple uh, of parties, yeah. Now, BW was 6'8", could handle the ball, could shoot it. Unbelievable player. Uh, I'm just lucky that Jeff got, <laughs> got the wrong guy and I ended up in a team with a whole bunch of Hall of Fame. Jeff got it wrong again. So yeah, um, there you go. Any regrets from the career, boys? Or anything you wish you could have done differently or did do differently? Uh, I, I hate the word regret. Mm. Like everything I did was the right decision at the time. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know what I would have done differently. Yeah. I, the, hindsight's cheating. Okay. I'm pretty bloody happy the way it worked out. I mean, there were some struggles along the way, but yeah. we've, we've been some places and we've done some things. Yeah. So can't complain too much. Three. All right. Uh, final question. Uh, if you could ask anyone living or dead, so any person from any time, anything, who is the person you would ask and what is the question? So uh, I'll let you ponder a bit about that. Cam, if you... Before, before we get to that, do you want to tell us a little bit about Prime Athletes? Why Mick, Mick can ponder and Mick can answer the question, and then you tell us about Prime, and then we'll do vice versa, Prime. Yeah, um, Prime Athletes is is the end result, sort of the culmination of, of my playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to be exposed to uh, a track coach and a strength coach when I first got to high school in the States when I was 16. Made an amazing difference in my, yep. my physical ability and, and eventually my playing career. Yep. Um, and at the end of all that seven years of study in the States, I get back and, and we're still not teaching kids how to move and how to lift weights, mm-hmm. particularly in basketball. I mean, suburban and country footy clubs have rusty old weight rooms in, in their club rooms. Yeah. But basketball being a, a quote-unquote non-contact sport, is we're not, we're not athletes, we're, we're not physical, we don't need to lift weights. And I, I've been on a, lack of a better word, a sort of a crusade to try and add that to, to junior sport, particularly mm-hmm. basketball, because it's it's our life and it's yep. my network. But teaching kids how to move and eventually how to lift and, and, and the difference that it can make from a health standpoint, like just being able to play domestic until they're yep. 45 years old, like us. 
um, or if they're really aspirational, the kind of workload that it's going to take of, of starting them on an, on an early foundation yeah. of, of teaching them how to run first, teach them how to run, jump and land, and then add some strength to it. And so how do kids get involved? Because you, you were supposed to be in the States right now, weren't you? We're you supposed to be on a trip. That, that, was, that was one of our sort of um, development tours to, to show kids just what American basketball is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Prime has a little bit of a role in that. Um, our ongoing program is inside Dandenong Basketball Stadium, but COVID has shut us all down. So we're doing some remote video analysis on running, jumping, landing, lifting, you know, whatever kids are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID sort of got things on hold. Um, fingers crossed we, we get to announce two more programs uh, in two more associations um, pretty soon. Um, nice. But the, the, the plan for global domination is to have someone like someone like me have a qualified strength coach in every junior sporting club yeah basketball footy soccer whatever but hundreds of thousands of kids are not being taught how to run mm. like that's the thing and with more sitting down in front of a screen they're starting from less capacity to move on worse foundations and playing more high impact sport so it's disaster waiting to happen so we just want to remedy that and just give them the basics mm-hmm. and and like what genuine PE should look like. Yeah, sure. You know, like literal physical education, how to run, how to jump, how to land, how to get stronger, what it can do. Yeah. Um, that's that's the main goal to someone someone wearing a prime T-shirt in every junior sporting club is the grand plan. It's Fantastic. And best place for people to find you? Primeathletes.com.au. Um, about to launch our website, so probably now Facebook, uh, Prime Athletes Australia. Yeah. Um, get in touch. It'll be my stupid idiot head um, on all the videos. Um so if, if any association is interested or wants to learn some stuff about what we do, mm-hmm. come find us. Yeah, cool. All right, Mick, what is the... Who would you ask the question to? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this and I thought it's a pretty easy one for me. I'd, Michael Jordan would be the person. Mm-hmm. my idol. I want to know what he got up to off the court. <laughs> I want to know the stories. I mean, the, the last answer was a bit of a snippet into his life. There's a little bit of off-court stuff, but I want to know... Yeah, what what did you get up to? I heard I've heard a lot of stories about him. I don't know if they're true. Be interesting to know his champagne and campaign all star team. I mean, I've heard stories about him partying all night and then, you know, doing Dropping whatever. Forty five. Yeah, then coming out the next night and having forty or fifty. Like he yeah. was, you know, next level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just want to know what he got up to. And do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown on Noel Jones World Turner? So I run a real estate business called, uh, it's an old Jones uh, brand. Uh, we've got 10 offices pretty much from Camberwell Bourne out through to Croydon, Monterna. My office is in Monterna. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been open for four years. You can find us um, on Facebook, Noel Jones, Monterna. Uh, yeah, real estate business, sell anything from little units right up to multi-million dollar uh, development sites and everything in between. How many in your team? We have five in our team. Yeah. Um, very particular about who we bring on. We like good people. And it probably brings you back to, you know, uh, playing in teams and, and not liking to be involved with uh, people that um, uh, are bad eggs. So mm-hmm. we keep the team small, but we are certainly looking out for good people. But uh, if you're selling a house in around Knox or, or surrounds, Glen Waverley, Blackburn, Croydon, down to Roval, give us a hoy. Make sure you celebrate the wins as well, mate, with, uh, with those sales teams. Absolutely, mate. It's been uh, very quiet due to COVID. So April was uh, it fell off a cliff, but uh, we're picking up now. So, um, yeah, very similar to, to sport, you know, mm-hmm. getting a good listing, getting a good sale, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, you know, my job running that business is to keep people motivated and happy. Yep. So I enjoy that that aspect. Fantastic. All right, and Cam, so who would you ask the the fun question to? I I would probably ask with cameras and microphones off because he's a, he's a very well presented, very articulate, very you know charismatic public speaker. I would want complete anonymity and silence, but I would ask Barack Obama what he thinks of the current political landscape <laughs> um, and the current people in administration. What what his real opinion would be? Yeah. Because uh, I've got an outsider's view um, of the, the the broadening gap between politics and governing, but I, I, I wouldn't mind letting him letting his public guard down and seeing what kind of guy he really was. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a good one. Um, any other tips or advice you've got for the people before we shoot off? No, no. Thank, thanks for the opportunity. We we love sitting around talking about grand old times over over a couple of sips it's, it's what we miss and what we love doing so mm-hmm. appreciate the the opportunity mates um, good to catch up with you oh uh, it's yeah well when was the last time you actually saw each other we saw each other or we saw you well, each <laughs> oh, other first oh, oh, unfortunately it was at a, at a, at a funeral at a wake oh, okay. yeah a couple of months ago former coach of ours um, yeah. well oh, i was gonna bring him up in the uh word association so i'm very sorry i forgot about that but would you like to talk about him yeah, it's super. It the, the, were you talking about the Knox coach? Yeah, 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 Graham Longstaff. Graham Longstaff, yeah. yeah. Um, super passionate, hardworking Knox person. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, he'd, he'd give just as much passion ripping Sean Carroll at a timeout as he would coaching like an under 12 domestic team. Yeah. Like he, was, he, was the, he was just that driven and, and that yeah. sort of a guy. In the in the Knox basketball community, mm-hmm. very abrasive personality. Yep. We, oh, all yeah. butted, we all butted oh, yeah. heads with him, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of respect for him in terms of uh, the way he managed older teams. And we were older when we went and played with him. Yep. He made sure trainings were nice and sort of we we got we worked hard, but they were short, and uh, he had us ready for the weekend. So I had a lot of respect for him for for that, yeah. for the way he handled us. Um, but yeah, came spot on. Very passionate Knox person. Loved the game. You, you'd have to get paid a cent. You would just do it for the, the yep. love of it. I know I'm hearing stories on a Friday night after after domestic games or uh, Knox Raiders junior games, I should say. He would get home and, and drink wine or drink beer or whatever and just take notes yeah. on basketball and just just, just talk just talk just basketball for hours on end. Yeah. Yeah, just loved it. And I think some of us forget, um, especially those coaches from that generation ahead of us, like how they were exposed to the game when they were, you know, teenagers growing up and what, how, yeah. how different it was before the three-point line. Do you know what I mean? And when there was no, yeah. you know, American basketball on TV yeah. and, and how they were brought up. And um, it's interesting to see the, the toughness. I think there's a lot of European influence, I guess, with guys coming over. But, um, yeah, and I think that's one thing that's been nice about these old Seaborn NBL games on, on the YouTube is you kind of get to respect that yeah. era more as well. But... Yeah. Um, that was, uh, you were going to actually say, when we saw each other last camp, just to end, yeah, on, a, end, we, on, end on a live tonight. We bumped into each other at uh, the Jason Tatum dinner. We did? When he was out and about visiting for the Boomers game. Uh, October, August, November, August, August, August last August, year. Yeah. Yep. Is that long ago? Mm. Um, well, the world's changed a little bit since then. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a lot's happened since then, so it feels like longer. Mm. But that was, that was a, a good little catch-up over several beers and banters and... That was good times. Yeah. And uh, Michael, when was the last time we would have seen each other? 
Maybe well, over was, 10 years. Well over 10 years. The game of Brisbane and Perth, mate? I reckon it could have been, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no, probably when you're playing for Knox down here against Bendy or something. Okay, yeah. It would have been. So that would have been probably early the, 2010, yeah. 11, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come and do right. this. Thank as you, I do mate. for all of our guests. Uh, just as a little thank you for coming along. I'd like to bring a bottle of wine that uh, I usually try and find something that's relative to the guest. but um, Old. Yeah, age, I, I age forty <laughs> odd years. I, I kind of, uh, I went a bit, not not as funny or piss takey on this one, but you both are absolute gentlemen of the game. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, you've been a good influence, and, and you definitely helped uh, me, even as a not even a, a development player's development player um, at the end of the bench, and you know, just someone who would come to training and just love the game, and you'd, you'd still give me the time and. As you said before, just learning people's names and, and that around the club. And uh, I, I saw how you guys did that a lot around Bendigo and, and led by example on and off the court. And I really appreciate that. And I think that your level of leadership in that regard definitely went through the rest of the Bendigo club that I saw and, and definitely exploring some of your social medias and looking back through some of the old websites and stuff in research for this evening. Um, you can definitely see the impact you guys have had on a lot of people's lives and careers so thank you congratulations thank you very much thank and you, um peace love and rainbows <coughs> obrigados thanks trip see you man all right see you man <laughs> uh, massive thank you once again to cam rigby and mick hill you can check out more of cam at prime athletes on the facebook and also with mick at noel jones one turner real estate they were some awesome stories cannot thank the guys enough we love talking ball here on the TV podcast. Everyone else, you stay safe. Have a great day. Obrigados. Vamos.